Following the heavy downpour triggered by Cyclone McJom, the Chennai city was neck deep in water for almost two days, struggling to stay afloat. If it is Chennai today, it was Bengaluru yesterday and Tiruvannathapuram the day before. The vulnerability of Indian cities to climate-induced disasters is being felt now more than ever. Urban city plans have become crucial to mankind's existence in this context. Hi, you're listening to On Manorama's Explainer podcast, Newsbreak, a weekly show that breaks down news in a clutter-free manner. This is Harita Benjamin, and today we are here to discuss the role of urban town plans in tackling climate vulnerability. So today we have with us uh, Kerala's former Chief Secretary, Gigi Thompson, to discuss the various mitigation and adaptation strategies when it comes to floods and urban town plans. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and I really look forward to this. All right. Uh, so for the audience, uh, uh, he was an integral part of Operation Ananta, which improved Thiruvananthapuram City's uh, flood preparedness back in 2015. And uh, so let's begin with uh, the most recent incident that has triggered this discussion. So, sir, why do you think uh, cities like Chennai are prone to flooding? And if you were to list some top five reasons, what would it be? There are multiple reasons, you know. Uh, The number one, of course, uh, is the heavy rainfall induced by climate change. That you, in your intro, you mentioned about the cyclone uh, that inundated uh, the city of uh, Chennai. Uh, there was um, more than uh, 40 centimeter rainfall within 48 hours uh, by December 4, 2023. Now, that is number one reason. So, this was induced by climate change. And number two, I would say the vanishing lakes and water bodies in Chennai. This uh, is not only really the phenomenon in Chennai, but all over India. I'll come to it a little later. And number three is the inadequate drainage systems and uh, the inability of rivers to manage high discharge levels. Uh, uh, that is uh, number three. And number four is urbanization. It plays a significant role with encroachments on major water bodies, and ecologically sensitive zones. And five is the lack of coordination and corruption. Correct. And of course, uh, we should also remember, in the case of Chennai, uh, the the flat terrain, you know, it further complicated matters. Now, all these points request a little bit of elaboration. Now, like uh, I said, heavy rainfall, and uh, this, of course, was uh, triggered by the cyclone. And uh, that also brought to notice uh, the vulnerability of Indian cities to climate-induced disasters. Now, uh, it is a stark reminder of urban India's escalating climate crisis. Now, you see, like uh, the researchers have recently found that, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't explain it in great detail, but what they have said is, uh, you know, that uh, the El Nino conditions and the warming trend in the Bay of Bengal, they have contributed to this unprecedented heavy rainfall in Chennai. 
so this this is a scientific reason which of course uh, we cannot ignore but then when we come to the second uh, reason you know see like chennai has a long history of vanishing lakes and uh, uh, this is uh, due to the rampant and unfettered urbanization now only 10% of chennai's wetlands are left right. uh, this is a, a finding which was recently uh, brought to light by a chennai based uh, uh, group called the care earth trust uh, it's a biodiversity research organization i read it in the papers uh, that uh, about this uh, their findings their findings show that chennai's built up area grew from 47 square kilometer in 1980 to 402 square kilometer in 2012 while wetlands declined from 186 square kilometer to 71 square kilometer so this is this is an alarming trend which is happening yeah alarmingly this is happening all over the country wetlands are all disappearing lakes are disappearing then we come to discuss about the problems in trivandrum and cochin i can further uh, uh, you know highlight on this and and the third one i said lack of drains you know in like uh, uh, you know as per uh, their uh, their records again this is an information which i gathered from the uh, from the newspapers that there there are more than 30000 interior roads and 47 bus routes roads in chennai and that all together it will add up to something like 5000 km uh, and of uh, 5000 km of interior roads and uh, 300 km of uh, bus route roads and you know this but i when you, when you compare the drainage network the city's drainage network is present in just around 2000 kilometers only now and moreover most of these drains were built at least 3 decades ago and these were built uh, with uh, with cement and mortar and they, you know that is that is susceptible to dilapidation and most of these drains are dilapidated now now uh, you know uh, and and then uh, uh, they all say that uh, these old drains were constructed uh, for a rainfall capacity of 20 mm per hour mm. whereas the new drains are being built for 70 mm per hour now the old uh, drains which were built of brick and mortar is now dilapidated or or uh, no more in existence and now they are spending crores of money to build these drains uh, so that is the uh, reason number 3 and then i mentioned about urbanization and you know that uh, this is again a problem which is uh, prevalent in all the indian cities whether it is chennai delhi or calcutta or trivandrum or kochi urbanization is a main main you know Culprit. villain right. <laughs> and uh, you no know, this causes uh, habitat loss uh, and uh, deforestation uh, and uh, this can decrease uh population ranges biodiversity and alter interactions among organisms and then i would as i'm a bureaucrat i would say that uh, there is total lack of coordination and corruption in um, uh in in these areas 
of course this is uh, something which is uh, uh, common to all the places and you know when you talk about government you always talk about corruption and lack of coordination you know a uh, corruption in awarding tenders as well as improper design right. uh, you know see like the drainage slope will be higher than the height of the road Hmm. uh of the uh, or the gradient will not be matching the water body to which it is linked now these are the primary problems i have seen these problems in trivandrum my god i can't tell you uh, right. you know <laughs> and uh, uh, it is it is absolutely ridiculous i don't know how they could design such a uh, uh, improper design you see we all say that uh, man Uh, is uh, created by god and it is commonly felt you know that god was a civil engineer uh, <laughs> right. because you see look at the way, look at the way uh, the drainage system in the human body is designed uh, you know uh, this is something which is basic you now if you have to have a good urban planning then you need to have a good drainage system and again this is common in all indian cities major indian cities whether you are in delhi calcutta bombay or or chennai or even our own places like trivandrum or kochi there is no uh, coordination between government agencies as to how this are all uh, designed and uh, see there are various civic uh, departments you know like say like the uh, there's a development authority then when it comes to approving building constructions you know the public works department comes into in, into the fold uh, they are uh, in charge of desilting water bodies that will never take place then right. the municipal corporation is there they are the ones who build drains and uh, uh, you know uh, and uh, they uh, like in, in kerala it of course it is a water authority which lies which lays pipelines under roads for water and sewage connections so there is total lack of coordination between these agencies this is another major uh, uh, major uh, problem and of course i have mentioned about uh, uh, the flat terrain in chennai which is uh, which is something which is very unique of uh, chennai i think these are the main reasons which uh, resulted in the recent uh, uh, flooding flooding all right so so you just uh, mentioned about you know uh, the lack of coordination and you know the issues when it comes to uh, not planning ahead right uh, so they always plan yeah. about um, you know building and constructing roads but there is no simultaneous plan when it comes to uh, you know building storm water drains uh, or yeah. you know yeah so i think uh, maybe it's not possible to avert disasters like say cyclones or cyclone triggered drains right because uh, uh, you know el nino effect you know keeps coming up every few years and you know we have a climate change uh, which is there to stay so yeah. how do you think urban planning uh, could play a crucial role when it comes to minimizing these damages so um, you know as your in your experience as a bureaucrat you've been you know handling it for a lot of years so could you elaborate on how this could be incorporated uh, in urban planning in the beginning itself and how we could fix this problem or at least minimize this problem <laughs> you know uh hadita uh you know see like when i uh, launched this uh, program uh, operation ananda in trivandrum okay. uh, to my horror i found that the trivandrum city doesn't have a proper drainage plan okay. so when i called the i called the engineers and asked them to give me a map 
of the Danish map of Trivandrum city, they said that, sir, there is no such map. <laughs> and I right. was very, very upset and very furious. Okay. Then I said, how do you then then construct the trees? Every year, the government spends crores and crores of rupees for desilting the canals, building new canals. Uh, you know, uh, and this what these people do is they will, according to their sweet will and uh, pleasure, uh, they will go and construct something and they're not bothered whether it is uh, connecting to the earlier ones or, uh, you know, whether it will actually uh, serve the purpose. So finally, believe me, I went to the archives department because someone told me that, uh, you know, during the Maharaja's time, uh, there was a proper drainage system okay. in Trivandrum. So then I went to the uh, archives department and fished out uh, the uh, drainage map of Trivandrum city of 1935. Wow. This was okay. uh, designed by the then uh, uh, engineers under the supervision of uh, the Divan of Travanko, C.P. Ramaswamy Iyer. So we took this, uh, you know, document and start. And then I asked them to find out the drains according to this map. And those drains we started desilting, and that is how we could manage the whole, uh, you know, situation. So now the point is, any city of that for that matter should have a proper drainage uh, system uh, based on a proper drainage map. You know, you, you see there is a town planning department in every other state, and uh, this town planning doesn't actually you know, function in a proper way. It's okay. all fiction. You know, they, they they will come out with some plans. You know, but if you say that, no, we want to construct a, for example, we say that we want to construct a, a convention center, they will come out with a beautiful plan. But then there will be no space for parking. They will not take into account how many cars are going to come, how many people are going to come, and where will the parking be? And, and, for, and okay, forget that. They will not be. There will not also be proper drainage uh, uh, facilities. Okay. Uh, so this is how it is all being done. That's why this whole problem comes. Now you see, and uh, then there are uh, uh, challenges uh, like uh, you know violating the building codes. So Correct. no, we yeah. need to first of all uh, uh, strictly enforce the building codes, and the urban planning must anticipate climate-related disasters. Yeah. You know, a co a coastal embankments and strict enforcement of coastal regulation zone codes are necessary to protect against sea level rise. You know, this is very important for all coastal cities like Kochi, Trivandrum, Chennai, uh, and uh, Bombay for that matter. Uh, all the cities, you know, we, we need to have... Uh, uh, some attention to this particular factor. And then in, in addition to this, watershed management and the adoption of the spawn city concept could mitigate uh, flood risks. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I am not saying that we are all oblivious to these threats. Yeah. You know, there are pl plenty of uh, action plans. Uh, you know, for example, uh, uh, the Mumbai Climate Action Plan uh, 2022, uh, you know, aims to increase the city's climate resilience through evidence-based planning. Right. And then, you know, uh, they, moreover, there have improvements in hydro-metrological systems 
uh, and the installation of flood uh, warning systems. I know this can help citizens to prepare for and respond to impending disasters. Now, these are all things that, you know, that exist in paper. But the question is whether they are actually, uh, whether they are actually implemented. That is where the problem all comes. When a flood comes, uh, you know, uh, when, when, it, when the flood comes, you know, suddenly there will be uh, some kind of uh, uh, action. Uh, there will be important meetings taking place. They will say that something has to be done. So, you know, it's all ad hoc measures which are taking place. There's no sustainable long-term plans. Uh, there is no sustainable long-term planning, I tell you. Right. And again, I, I can tell you with a fair amount of confidence that the same system exists in almost all the states in the country. Uh, because this is something which is not taking place. Unfortunately, this is not taking place. Now, of course, you know, you see, like climate change is a, uh, you know, is a reality and it is intensifying the uh, natural water cycle. It brings more intense rainfall. And uh, of course, then it leads to flooding uh, and, uh, you know, related problems. Now, we must adapt to this new reality by integrating climate risk into their development plans and actions. So this is something very important. But then this is not taking place. Correct. That, uh, that, is, that is the major problem. All right. Uh, so you just mentioned about how uh, coastal cities need to have a set of plan on their own uh, to mitigate, you know, the climate related yeah. risk. But uh, like if you are to look at non-coastal cities, like we know that, you know, Delhi was flooded uh, because, you know, the yeah, Yamuna yeah. overflowed. Yeah. So uh, how yeah, does uh, the, the plans or the development urban planning differ when it comes to non-coastal cities like, say, Delhi uh, as compared to uh, coastal cities? No, you see, like, uh, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about coastal cities, but as you correctly said, the problem in Delhi is also equally, uh, equally bad. It is not a coastal city, it is a landlocked uh, city. Correct. Uh, but there also, you know, I have worked in Delhi for 10 years. And whenever they, uh, you know, whenever the uh, rains come, the city is flooded because there's no drainage system in, in Delhi. Yes. Uh, you know, at least here we have a for the uh, drainage system, at least for the namesake. In Delhi, it doesn't even we even exist. exist. Okay, uh, so that is why any any uh, you know flooding in Yamuna will result in flooding in Lutens, uh, Delhi. Uh, so uh, again, uh, the only way out for all this is a thorough uh, revamping of uh, the urban planning. Uh, this is a major challenge, and this is something which all of us have to. Uh, ponder over and this is something which the government will have to uh, you know take immediate action I say like uh, in uh, like I told you earlier that you know do, during Operation Ananda uh, this is one major crisis we face nobody knew where the drains are finally we, we uh, you know unearthed this old document uh, of 1935 and it was based on which all the desilting was done uh, so uh, we, uh, we we need to have uh, a proper urban planning system in place. 
Okay, so now moving on, uh, you were just speaking about Operation Ananta and the challenges which you faced. One was, you know, there was no plan and uh, you, you didn't know where to start. So uh, could you yeah. just probably elaborate on how you went about executing this mission and uh, what were the challenges and what were the results? Uh, like when you finally executed this mission, what were the results which you saw in front? So that, you know, maybe uh, taking forward, uh, other town planners can, uh, you know, have a look at this case study and and then take some pointers. Yeah, yeah. Harika, uh, you know, you see, like uh, the uh, in 2015, when I took over as the chief secretary, in uh, you right. know, within two months, there was a flash flood in Trivandrum. Okay. Some anonymous person they, uh, ran me up from East Fort, and he told me in uh, you know that he's standing in East Fort and he's um, neck deep in water. Uh, and mosquitoes uh, and uh, what do you call uh, uh, cockroaches are all flying around. Dead rats are floating. Uh, human excreta is floating, and uh, uh, you know people are all vomiting. And he told me that, sir, what is this? This is the type of uh, life that we are uh, uh, destined to face. And uh, you know why are you people? You are the chief secretary of the state. Why are you not doing something? To mitigate this situation so i told him that listen i came i took over only a month ago and you were blaming me for the situation which existed for long right. what were you doing uh, in the previous years and then he started blaming the mp which blaming the mla and others <laughs> then then he came and you know cooled down and he told me that sir i have got great faith in you i hope you will take some action so i thought you know probably if i were in his position i too would have responded in the same way so right. I came back to my office, I cancelled all my programs, called my offices and said, come, uh, follow me. I am going to inspect these places from uh, Tambanur to other important areas. So went around, we to our horror again, we found that all the drainings were, uh, you know, uh, uh, filled with uh, dirt, uh, waste materials and people have were had uh, encroached into the uh, drains you know they had constructed uh, their toilets over the uh, over the drains some people you know some business uh, uh, institutions in 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 Trivandrum they had even uh, covered the drains you know and then uh, built semi permanent uh, you know houses for housing their uh, uh, you know, guest uh, guest okay. employees. You know, these uh, people who come from outside, uh, right, right. Uh, uh, outside Kerala. Okay. So, and then political parties had encroached. They had built their offices. So then, then I, the next day, luckily for me, there was a cabinet meeting. So I I showed I before the meeting started, I sought the permission of the chief minister to screen a film. So then they never taken a ban. They said that it's never taken place before. But the chief secretary wants to screen a film. I okay. said, no, sir, this is something very important. This is something which we need to be aware of. Then I started showing the pictures. So the ministers were, you know, exclaiming. They were saying, where is this? Is it in Kerala? Then I said, no, it's not only in Kerala. It is in Trivandrum, just right. half a kilometer away from where we are sitting. Then the minister said, no, 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 this is shameful. We have to do something immediately. While, uh, and the minister said, then, you know, if this is a situation in Trivandrum city, what will be it in other places? So finally, they all said, agreed that something needs to be done. Some drastic measures need to be taken. The discussion followed. Then someone said that chief secretary should take the initiative. I said, okay, I will take the initiative provided you people don't in interfere. 
because I, I found a lot of encroachments. I will have to remove all the encroachments. Uh, and, you know, and once cabinet gave the green signal, then we uh, started with our full might. Uh, and because I was chief secretary, I could, uh, you know, uh, bring in all the departments and uh, I, I could also, I can also overrule uh, uh, the objections or reservations. And finally, uh, you know, and because of that, you know, there was also better coordination. You know, the problem is, you know, you see like certain areas, uh, the drains will be under PWD roads. Some will be under national highway. Some will be under minor irrigation. Some will be under major irrigation. Some will be under the development authority. Then some will be under cooperation. And if there's a panchayat in between, it will be under panchayat. So now you see there are more than seven or eight departments, uh, agencies handling all these drains. And each one will not allow uh, uh, you know, the other person to enter into their area of operation. So how do you do this? So for, for this purpose, I tell you that this needs to be coordinated at the highest level. You see, right now, we see that, you know, after Operation Ananta in 2015, uh, you know, uh, I was expecting that uh, the succeeding government will take up the Operation Ananta Part 2, the second, uh, uh, you know, uh, installment of uh, this, this work. But right. unfortunately, it didn't take place. Why did it take place? Because the succeeding government was a left uh, friend government, they didn't want to do anything which was started by the UDF government. The previous government right. was UDF, so they didn't want to do anything. So this is a problem which exists in Kerala. Whatever good things is done by left will not be, uh, you know, taken up by, by the, the right and, mm -hmm. and and reverse. In fact, we have proved beyond doubt that the operations done in a coordinated fashion will fetch results. So this that is that is everyone has accepted. You know, we we cleaned up more than 120 kilometers of uh, drains within a period of four to five months. It was a right. very intense operation, and we also got uh, the uh, the sills widened. And I even constructed a uh, a drain which cut across the Putrikannam Maidan. You know, mm. it is a new uh, drain because I didn't want uh, the water to get logged in under any circumstances. And it was all carried out. And then this has to be, you know, this is not something which, which can, you know, mitigate the flood situation in Trivandrum forever. You know, people have continued to throw their uh, waste materials on the, uh, you know, into the, uh, into the lake so, or, or into the canals. And so there should be proper surveillance. There should be proper action. There should be, uh, you know, penal actions. You now just look at uh, uh, this aspect. How many people have been punished by the by the corporation of Trivandrum uh, for violating these rules? Not right. even one person has been punished. Right. Uh, and and we, we, you should take punitive actions. You know, you have fixed cameras all over the place. But then, what is the result? It's not enough that you know you get pictures of people who are throwing. You should also take action against against them. You know, we need to have. Uh, uh, you see, like now I heard that uh, the government uh, recently, the government decided to hand over the responsibility to a group of ministers for uh, all these desilting operations, uh, which is also, uh, you know, uh, is very, very uh, surprising. Because you see, 
it is not the minister's job to do all this work it is the job of the bureaucrats they right. are the executing uh, officers you know yeah. ministers need only to con- be concerned only about policies it is not the responsibility of minister a to go and inspect these places and give directions you know in addition to this you know we should also now uh, develop this concept of spawn cities now spawn cities is a word uh, used to describe urban areas with abundant natural areas such as trees lakes and parks i recently i read a news item that cochin corporation is to uh, is planning to make uh, kochi a spawn city uh, in fact uh, i was wondering how they are going to do it because i don't find any place which is available uh, yes. and in one in one place you start uh, uh, you know uh, <laughs> deforestation recklessly and on the other is we are talking about uh you know creating spawn cities so this is a this is a uh, you know is a very major challenge we have to we have to uh, definitely go for nature based solutions to tackle climate shocks uh, otherwise you know it is not going to work out see you look at uh, famous cities like shanghai new york or cardiff they're all embracing their sponginess through inner city gardens like improved river drainage and uh, you know plant edge sidewalks now so when you talk about uh, sponginess uh, or response cities you need to realize that you know it is just not planting some trees it is a integrated effort so are you prepared to do this integrated effort do you have plans in place i very much doubt someone has talked about spawn city so immediately they say that we are going to make kochi a spawn city it's not going to take place because you see all of these requires you know careful study careful planning and execution so sir are, um, know, are you saying that you know uh, for densely populated cities like uh, kochi a uh, spawn city model is uh, not very viable or it can't be done uh, unless there is a political will power yeah i am not totally ruling it out but you know i have also visited uh, kochi number of times i go there once in a week or twice in a week and i don't find any place you know where the where is a place available in kochi city i can't right. see you know there must be you know this you can't create a new place out of uh, uh, nothing you have to you have to develop existing places and you know where is the uh, you know plan for uh, uh, you know improved river drainage uh is there a plan in place so so some you know these people who talk about spawn city should realize that it is not simply planting some trees or gardens it is also it should also uh, go with improved river drainage and uh, and things like that so this is something uh, which you need to do so now you see like uh, you know we have talked for a long uh, i i can tell you uh, haritha uh, that you know see like uh the situation calls for a multifaceted approach you know i mentioned about building codes to be followed this must be strictly enforced and urban planning must anticipate climate related disasters you know coastal embankments 
and strict strict enforcement of coastal regulations zone codes are necessary to protect against sea level rise and this uh, applies to all the coastal cities now uh, you know if you can, i can i can show you any number of violations that are taking place every day right uh, and uh, the authorities are turning a blind eye towards this because of their political connections and unless you have the willpower the determination uh, to uh, remove all these uh, encroachments uh, and enforce the coastal regulatory zone strictly things will not improve and and in addition to all this we should have watershed management and the adoption of a swan city uh, uh, concept and this could mitigate uh, our flood risk and uh, this is something that we need to know i would also emphasize that uh, you know climate change is intensifying uh, the natural water cycle and and this uh, brings more intense rainfall and associated flooding so we need uh, we need to adapt to this new reality by integrating climate risk into the development plans and actions so unless we do this you know in an integrated fashion uh, you know the threat of uh, floods will continue to haunt us so with this we come to an end of today's episode thank you so much mr jiti thompson for joining us today the recent episodes of flood indicate that the government needs to take a proactive role to ensure that these urban floods remain an aberration and not the norm let's hope that the authorities take essential steps to tackle such disasters effectively before it's too late this is on manodobas news break an explainer podcast produced by harita benjamin with technical production by idea brew studios it comes out every week and is available on all podcast platforms do follow on manorama.com for more updates 